everyone. My name is Brian and today is Monday, September 18th, 2023. And this is another episode of Lots to Talk About. My guest this evening is a trained medium and past life specialist. She has traveled coast to coast and into Canada as a full-time intuitive counselor and an inspirational speaker and facilitator. I'm excited to explore this topic because it's something I've never really gone down the line of uh, thinking about or really exploring. So I am I am excited to welcome to lots to talk about Corby Mitled Lied. Mit lied. You almost got it. It's all right. I, I, it's unbelievable. I have a I have a, a like a wasp or a bug flying behind my camera right now. And as I was reading, it's flying back and forth in front of my face. And I started giggling. It's okay. And, and that stuff happens. <laughs> um, hey, would you introduce yourself and uh, and kind of tell my audience who you are? And then I would like to kind of get into how you got into this space and then talk about the space in general and uh, and get to know you a little bit. Fabulous. What you want is one of my two 30-second elevator speeches, which is, hello, I'm Corby Mitleid. I've been reading since I was 18 in 1973. And yes, that tells you how old I am. Certified tarot master, past life specialist, psychic medium channel author. I take my work seriously, but me not so much. I am, uh, I, that's, that's perfect. When I was reading, when I was reading your profile and man, I, I love Podmatch. Uh, it's fantastic. Mm. I, I found, I find so many great guests, um, to, to come on. And I'm, I, you reached out and I looked at your profile and I'm like, uh-huh. Yep. Yep. Because it's just straightforward. It's, um, you seem like you don't need to really beat around the bush about things or, or, um, it's just it's all out and then i saw on there um comedian comedian also along the way so i have I done stand-up comedy about you think a psychic's life is easy yes i have <laughs> perfect perfect so you started um 18 you started reading at 18 is that is this um is this when you kind of got into it or have you always been interested in this how do you get into what you're doing well, that's elevator speech number two. Um, when I was nine, I read a book called The Witch Family by Eleanor Estes. And instead of thinking, ooh, that's scary or ha, 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 I thought, and your point is, I knew there was magic in the world. I wanted to go find it. In 1973, I was working part-time at Spencer Gifts. And they had the James Bond 007 tarot deck, and I bought it because we were all hippies then. We had our elephant bell bottoms and our David Grosby fringe jacket and our deck. Um, five years later, everybody else had moved on to roller skates and disco balls, but I loved the cards. I loved the stories that they wove. So for 20 years, I read for friends, making sure that I could be a clear channel for the information and my ego was out of the way. All of a sudden in the early nineties, I could do hands-on healing and talk to dead people with no training. That was when the universe handed me my draft notice and said, hello, you're working for us. <laughs> so I did it part-time. Meanwhile, with a very checkered career, actress, author, inspirational speaker, legal assistant, video producer, executive recruiter, writer for the graphic novel series, ElfQuest, but always the psychic work on the side until 9-11. As we watched the towers burn, 
I turned to my husband, Carl, and I said, I need to do this work full time. People need to know there are other answers out there. And he looks at me and he says, I believe in you. Go do it. So for one more year, I did corporate while I did the psychic work evenings and weekends to make sure I really meant what I said. After that, shut the door on corporate and I've never looked back. I work six days a week, 14 hours a day. I read about a thousand people a year and I get to get up in the morning. I don't have to get up in the morning. That's really the biggest gift. That's fantastic. I, I, there's somebody in the audience. I, I started his question for later, but um, he he has a similar story. Left corporate and and started. He he left to help um, help with medical cannabis in in Washington State. Kind of did out him. of that world, and now he's doing coffee roasting and all sorts of fun stuff. But uh, yeah, this the 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 people I I'm most inspired that I find on Podmatch have that similar story. They found mm -hmm. a passion, they found a calling, and it, it drew them away from what they were doing that they didn't weren't inspired by. They were doing it for, mm -hmm. you know, they were doing it for money. Which you have to do. You do. Well, right. Well, yeah, absolutely. But then when you get to marry <laughs> that passion, when you see it, you figure it out and you take that leap and go do it. And it, it mm -hmm. works. That's 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 golden there. Um, so tell me what you do. Once upon a time, no. Um, <laughs> I mean, basically, just, just in, yeah, just in in general, and then and then we can dive into it. But um, people come to me for four things: the everyday tour bus, house, car, job, kids, finances. Okay, God, you put me here. What the hell? Past lives. Why do I have this thing about Victorian China? Why am I afraid of oatmeal? Who was I in 1642 Belgium? Whatever. I want to speak to my spirit guide, Binky, or how's dead Aunt Mabel? I mean, that's really what it is. But my job is not to be a fortune teller. My okay. job is to say, here are your opportunities and how to grab them. Here's the tough stuff. Here's how to get through it or around it. Here's your toolbox. Go rock and roll. And I hand you the toolbox because you do it. I am not the repairman. And that's yeah. where people really get in trouble. When they go to what I call the Madam Hoo-Hahs and the Swami Swalandas, who say, oh, you have a family curse. How many in your family? Four, you have a dog. $50 every family member. 25 for a dog. He's small. We fix. And they sell him a $2,000 blessed candle. Get a clue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of, I've never ruled anything out. I, I was telling you before, like, it's just something I've never explored. And I, I shouldn't say that. The more I think of it, I spend a lot of time in cemeteries. Um, mm -hmm. my reason in cemeteries is, um, the history of it. I like, mm -hmm. I like walking through a, a cemetery and, and looking around and kind of getting a feel for certain eight or uh, year ranges. And I'm talking older cemeteries that are my favorite, um, but getting mm -hmm. the lay of what was going on then, why did all these people die in this, this short period of time and stuff like that, but spending time there. And another thing that that is interesting about that is, is my wife and I try to spend a lot of time barefoot. We're into barefoot living, grounding and spending time barefoot in a cemetery is very interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Unfortunately, up here in the Catskill Mountains, we are um, bullseye for Lyme disease and ticks. Mm. So that is not possible up here. But uh, if you do it, I think it's fabulous if you can. 
Oh yeah, I mean, I was in I was in um, Minnesota for a long time. I I know all about mm -hmm. those fun ticks and and that. But um, yeah, so that's that's about my exposure to um, anything connected to afterlife or or spirits or I mean, I I feel that there's something there. Obviously, um, mm -hmm. it, it, it's just blatantly if you open your eyes at all. But um, so someone comes to you, and is that how it works? really hey i want to talk to great aunt edna um like some people... yes and some no okay uh some people just reach out and get whoever's there okay. but that's not my gig so i read a little differently than a lot of mediums i get what i call their dog tags full name who they were to you the year they died and how old they were which doesn't tell me anything but gets me into the energy it's like I want to speak to my father, John Richard McAllister, who died in 2012 at the age of 80. Okay. Now, the way my guides work is weird. They like playing charades. I don't get it, but it's what they do. So it's things like this person smoked, they had surgery, they had an accident, and all kinds of things like that. And I'm almost pickier than my client. But because my guides do that, Without my even saying anything, we usually get really solid information. The two examples I love using, a woman wanted to speak to her father-in-law. All of a sudden, I feel myself miming a pool cue. He taught her how to play pool. A woman in Canada wanted to speak to her grandfather, and all of a sudden, I feel myself saluting. Now, notice my palm is out. That's the way the Brits and Canadians salute. And the grandfather was acknowledging that she had just graduated from the Royal Canadian Manor Police Academy two weeks before, which she had not told me. That's when you know, ain't me. It's something else. <laughs> right, but right. there is a specific reason I won't do mediumship in public. Now, is this a GPGR or forget it? Say whatever um, you want. Okay. There was, uh, this was upstate New York about 15 years ago. There was a biracial same gender couple. The black partner had died and her white widow wanted to speak to her. Now, see this face? Grew up in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. I have manners. But what came out of my mouth in flawless urban Ebonics was, well, shit, if it ain't my white bitch. And I'm going, oh, my God. But the woman in front of me breaks out laughing and nods because that is how her partner, Isabel, walked into the house after every business trip. And now, you cannot do that in an audience. You cannot. Right. But what I do for galleries is like past lives, which I can pull down like this. And they're usually very safe. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so you mentioned hands-on healing. Um, yeah. Somebody, somebody was wondering how you, how you figured out hands-on healing. Um, hi, Pickle Pete. Um, <laughs> hands started. Yeah. Guy. He, he actually okay. got, uh, he got, he got um, banned from, commenting on my channel on his main on his main page so he made a funny one too so he can make comments okay fine it's it literally you know it's like jazz hands my hands buzz i've never been trained um years ago a dear friend who has since passed had bronchitis for weeks nothing was touching and antibiotics weren't touching it and i said let me see if i can do something you know i'm willing to whatever and so i put my hands on her front and back. And I got a vision. I said, what I'm seeing 
is, you know how in late winter, early spring, you get that stream that maybe there's a little ice on top, but it's starting to flow and it breaks the ice, et cetera. Well, I keep seeing that for you. And we just sat with that for about five minutes. She said, I can breathe a little easier. I said, great. Within three days, she didn't need the antibiotics, no fever, completely able to breathe. Now, was that me? Hell no. I am the tube it comes through. Right. It is no more me than if a hammer was strutting around on our back deck and going, look at that Trex. I did that. No, you idiot. Somebody <laughs> held you and whacked your head against the wood. So God. when I can, sometimes I can relieve pain, headaches. Sometimes I can help open that thing up, but I, I never charge for that because that's that, just a gift. Is that, um, is that not, at all the time. So that, that has to be a certain situation. That's going to, that's going to happen. I don't, you see what you're talking about is what I call drive by psychic shootings. That's where, I mean, people watch the Long Island medium and they have no idea. Yeah. They see somebody in Wegmans feeling up a cantaloupe and the Long Island medium walks up and says, excuse me, you ran Doris. She says you have a ball tire in the back and you're going to die in a week if you don't get it fixed. Just telling you and walks away. No, that is not how it happens. Number one, her PR team went out and scouted all the Wegmans on Long Island and picked one. <laughs> then they interviewed a bunch of people and had them sign legal model releases. And then they rehearsed it six times. <laughs> if somebody comes up to you that you don't know and says, I have healing for you, or I have a message for you. You have to listen to me. No, you don't. You can no. say to them, I refuse. <laughs> and if they keep following you, you tell the store manager because it's harassment. What any true spiritualist would do, and this is where this stuff came from, they might walk up to you and say, excuse me, my name is Reverend Shirley, and I am from Lilydale. Lilydale happens to be the most famous spiritualist community in the U.S. I believe I have a message for you. May I come to you? And if you say no, they nod and they walk away. That's how it's done. And unfortunately, um, I... There are people who are little rookies. I kid about little dancing raccoon. That's the glurpy purple with angel kid who's so excited about what I get to do. Love and light, y'all. Um, look, when I'm doing a psychic fair, I'm reading for 11 hours. And by the end of the day, and I have a headache and I'm doing this. And little dancing raccoon says, I know Reiki. I'll fix it. And she comes at me with this and I say, no, no, really, I can't. I'd prefer you didn't. Just let me back off. You're not very love and light, are you? Well, you didn't listen. You know, boundaries are so important. People are scared of psychic. People don't trust us because they think I'm reading your head as you walk by right. at the mall. No, I'm not. The agreement I have with my guides is unless we both want this. Number one, you sit down and there is a monetary exchange because this is how I make my living. Or it's barter. You bring me a chicken. Or it's pro bono. It's a gift. I will not look inside your head. And do not come up to me at a psychic fair and stand by my table and go, oh, yeah, tell me something you couldn't know about me. And if you're right, I'll have a reading. Because I will look at you and smile and say, I'm sorry. I don't roll over and fetch either. And I will turn my back and you are not in my booth. Because people treat us like a thing. Like we're a burger or a latte or a car wash. When I'm reading, 
I'm an A-lister. It's constant, open to close. And sometimes I'll take 15 minutes to grab a sandwich. So there was an event where I was trying to wolf something down and a guy leans over my front table, pokes my sandwich with his finger and says, you don't need to be eating right now. My wife wants a reading. Needless to say, my front person went right in front and he was not allowed in the booth. <laughs> but that's the kind of bull we deal with. Really? I, oh, uh, baby. Man, that's that's unfortunate. I mean, I I can see... I can see the um, the stereotyping that's happened over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I was born in the seventies, so I I lived through that whole there like you go. they, you know. So it, I can see the stereotyping there. My whole community, everybody in this space that I'm in, all knows about being stereotyped. It, I mean, you know, it's homeschoolers, it's homesteaders, it's people self sufficient. <laughs> We've all been looked at like were were crazy um and it all turns out and it's very comforting when you find people that go you're not crazy um you're you're the exact opposite of that uh you're the one that's actually open to things uh but man that's that's horrible that um that that's the the situations that that present themselves in in that community you know you just shrug and say thank you for sharing you may think that if you wish it's all you can do But that's why in my 50 years of doing this, I have probably read about 30,000 people. Most of them are polite. Most of them appreciate what I can do. But even now, um, since 2017, I was doing a free reading hour once a month on Facebook. And I'm fast, so I would read 20, 30 people in an hour. But I stopped it as of yesterday because people were not playing by the rules. They try to shovel in extra questions when it's one per person. Mm. I will not do mediumship or health questions live because they're those private things. And there are certain little pieces of information I ask for so I can click on you fast. And people would ask a question. I'd say, where's the rest of the information? 20 balloons later, they'd say, well, here, expecting me to go back and remember what they put. Right. And so I just (laughs) said, no. We're done. I've had these rules for years. And basically they were acting like a bunch of entangled orangutans and <laughs> we're done. You know, you screwed the golden the, goose, honey pie. He says the general public's ex- exhausting. And uh, he was also uh, a sales guy at trade shows. So, I mean, he, he, uh, yes. he, gets, he gets the trade show. Uh, the trade show. Oh, you know it, Pete, <laughs> let me tell you. So um, we, but uh, it's very Oh, no, go ahead. Um, It's very funny. You know, when we do these huge trade shows and people say, how do I know which psychic to pick? I tell them they have to be like good puppies. First thing is you go and you do your walkies and you basically walk around and you look at all the psychics and you see who they are. And after that, then you have to go get paper trained and you pick up rat cards or information from anybody who looks good. Then you go and you'll choose three or four and go and talk to us if we're not busy or talk to our front people. But remember, we hire our front people to say they love us. My first one was Laura Spickerman. Laura was my husband's office manager at the Revolutionary War Museum he ran. Do you think that she's going to dismiss his museum director on the weekends? No. You look for our testimonial books. We all have them. There are comments in there from clients. Are we good? Are we kind? Are we funny? Do we have specialties, children, dogs, dead people? 
were we accurate, would they come back? But the last thing is, listen to me, check in at your heart level. You are putting your hard-earned money on the table. If the psychic doesn't feel like they have a brain in their head, they really give a damn about what they're doing, or they're going to give you good information, don't go there no matter how cool the wiki-woo looks on the table. That's the rule. I can see that. I can see that. I mean, if you if you are legitimate, you don't need to play games. I, it, it, it feels. Mm-mm. No, but we all are different. I mean, I used to share a booth in Canada with my dear friend, Debbie Dyer. Debbie is almost six feet tall, cascading white silver hair. And she's the iron fist in the velvet glove. She uses pendulums and different decks than I do. Me, I'm from New York. I will hit you upside the head with a glue brick, but you will laugh. (laughs) So when people would see the two of us, she'd get some people and I'd get some people, but they would gravitate toward, you know, our psychic bedside manner is how I'll call it. It is also why I am not afraid of sharing what I know for rookies. A lot of psychics are very scarcity thinking. If that has a reading, I can't get one. Look, I'll bring the rookie over to my table. I'll show him how I set it up, give him my uh, peripherals and say, as long as you don't use the same words, use the ideas. Because I don't care how good they are. No rookie is going to match me (laughs) on length of reading, funny, style. There's room for all of us. There are 8 billion people in the world, and I can't read them all. Come on in, kid. We need you. Right. It's 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 the same podcaster mentality or content creator Mm -hmm. mentality. Uh, There's there's people that are going to jive with everybody. And... Hey, if you don't like me, I, 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 that's fine. There's a lot of people I don't like too. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. want you. I don't need, I, it's not that I don't need you to listen to me. I would love you to listen to me, but if you don't like me, I don't want you to torture yourself for a listen. <laughs> yeah. God is not going to say, why didn't Maisie listen to you from Mississippi? Bad, <laughs> Brian, bet. No, <laughs> God is not going to do that. You know? Um. So, so if I, if I go and get a reading mm-hmm. and, and, and you tell me something that I'm like, uh-uh, that like you're, you, you can, you can tell me what's coming in my future. I, I suppose. Um, what if I don't like it? So you don't like it. Look, number one, even the best of us are only 85% accurate. The only one hundred percent accurate is God and God is not doing zoom readings and podcasts this week. Trust me. <laughs> Now, you learn that no matter what's coming through, you cannot judge it. Just like I didn't judge what Isabel was going to put through this mouth. I tell rookies, you may say all of a sudden, I don't know why, but I'm seeing a plaid rutabaga on a fire engine. And you're going to think that the men with the white coats are coming. But your client looks at you, starts crying and says, that was the last drawing my grandfather made for me before he died. You don't know that. So just put it out there. Sometimes they don't like it. Um, Another Canadian story. Uh, I was reading for a client, saw a couple of challenges that I told her about. She looks at me and she gets up and she says, you suck. And she walks away. All right. Have a nice life. (laughs) When I'm back in Kitchener, who is the first person who sits down with me? She said, last time I said you sucked. I said, yes, I remember. 
She said, because you told me I was probably going to take in a border and then I'd want to sell my house. And I thought that was bull. But my daughter got pregnant, moved home. And now I'm going to sell my house because I want to help raise my grandson. And I still don't like you, but I want to know what else you see. Don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. Mm. Um, so, I mean, it, it it really can be up to interpretation. And I think, I think so you were talking about um, the, the drive-by psychic shootings and, and mm -hmm. that. Is there a lot of predatory people out there? Have you looked at the earth lately? I mean, and you, I mean, it seems like a very, it seems like a very predator rich environment. I mean, you have people that are looking for answers and mm -hmm. they're willing to pay for answers. Yes. And I, I, I yeah. don't like that. I mean. <laughs> there can be. Yes, there can be. Which is why, shill, I wrote this. It's called The Psychic Yellow Brick Road, How to Find the Real Wizards and Avoid the Flying Monkeys. This is not a book that's going to tell you how to be a psychic. There are 7,000 books out there for that. This is basically how to choose one, how to stay safe, what we can do, what we can't do, what questions are not appropriate. I mean, you know, psychics who are already in the business read this book and started laughing, saying, geez, I wish I had this when I was starting. Because there is a chapter in here that we all find hysterical, which is called When You Shouldn't Get a Reading. Because these are the people who want their answers and will beat on you until you give them the answers they want. Like, does Bruce think about me? No. Has he ever thought about me? Not the way you want. If I do such and such, will he think about me? No. Oh, well, is he going to call? No, he's not. If he's not going to call soon, he's going to call later. And they beat on you, hoping you will finally break down and go, yes, yes, he loves you and he wants seven babies with you, but he just doesn't know it yet. Oh, good. I thought so. Don't do this. You know, that's the, predat uh, the predatory. That just opens you up. The, you know, they see the word sucker in astral neon signs up there. Well, right. And that's when you get told about family curse or you have to burn these candles. Um <laughs> Another Canadian story, there was a guy I read for who was in love with a woman down the street and she had a husband and a baby and a dog and a minivan, but he ran into one of the predatory ones who said, oh, there are karmic knots to untie. And as soon as we do that, she will leave her husband and fall into your arms. Three years and $30,000 later, he had still never met this woman. The psychic had gone off to Rio and the woman had had another baby. Yeah. And, and I think that's yeah. the, those are the, those are the stories that I think um, yes. take the headlines and, yes, and they do. damage, damage the legitimacy. And, and that's sad. I mean, it really is, especially yeah. if you, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot to be said for comfort and, and just confidence, comfort and confidence or, mm -hmm. or having an answer that you were searching for that can just change your life. It doesn't have to be a, a, a predatory type of thing. And, and absolutely I, though. Yeah. That that's just sad that, that people will, they're damaging the ability for people to help people by, mm -hmm. by giving the, the process a bad name. I know. There, this I is spit why... it all out. I got it out eventually. Good for you. Um, 
I tell my clients, don't do yes or no questions. You really don't want to do that. Because if you say, is my business going to succeed? And I say, no, where do you go? Or it opens it up for the Madam Hoo-Ha to say, but there's this candle. You always ask, how do I make it work? And for me, that's a deep dish tarot reading. That's a card for you, a card for a partner, if you have one in the business, a card for the energy around the business, the brick and mortar location to look for, how to market it, clients, competition, staff, finances, what you need to know and best possible outcome. Now that gives you so much information you can work with that you go out and rock and roll. If you say I'm dating Mark, there's a card for you and a card for Mark and a card for the relationship, what you need to know and what looks like best possible outcome. If you go, I still don't know what to do. I give you my three threes. Three cards is status quo. You kind of just bumble along. Three cards for the come to Jesus meeting where you have serious counseling or a line in the sand. And three cards for hospital. Bye-bye. It's been nice, but I'm out of here. Now, I'll put those three sets down. And the leave card may be going Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. But I have to zip it because it's their free will. So if little Maisie looks at that and goes, I guess I can stick it out for a little longer. Well, that's her choice. The only time I stop being a reader and instead put on my reverend collar because I am a rev is if she indicates that she is battered, gaslit, harmed. Then I show her how she can leave. Because maybe she thinks she can't, but women need to leave that kind of an environment. Right. Right. And that, I mean, that's just the responsible thing to do in my, in my, mm-hmm. in, in that view, when you, when you say that's the point I, I need to do something. And, and I, I honestly, <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so I see <laughs> on the questions that you had there on Podmatch about yeah. uh, boards and let, let's talk about Ouija boards. <laughs> what, what I, I, I've been around. Look at my face. Look at my face, Brian. (laughs) Explain it to me. Come on. Okay. Ouija boards are not safe. Using a Ouija board when you don't know how to ground, center, and shield to protect yourself is like throwing open the door in a strange neighborhood and yelling free beer. You don't know who's out there, but they heard you and they're coming. Yes, I know they used it on Down Abbey so that um, Daisy and Anna could talk to you know uh, Matthew's dead fiance. No. I have had to handle... <laughs> oh, it's it's Masterpiece Theater. Don't worry. Oh, okay. Some of your audience will get it. Um I've had to handle two gibbering hysterical teenagers who, when they put their hands on the planchet, that's the thing that moves around without any protection and said, who's there? What was spelled very fast backwards was, I have an ax and I'm here to kill you. That's not their uncle Danny. And for everybody, because I lecture about this, who says, but it's in the toy department. How awful can it be? I go, okay. Who here has a kid or a grandchild under 10? Hands go up. You. How old's the kid? Eight. What's his name? Joshy. All right. Joshy comes to you and says, Grandma, Grandma, I got all these on my report card. You said I could go and have a toy. Let's go. And he drags you to the toy department and shows you a box that says, my first chainsaw. It's in the toy department. Are you going to let him play with it by himself? I don't think so. There are other tools you can use, kids. Leave that one on the shelf. 
But this is why yeah. I'm funny, Brian, because I, I'm not cool. telling people you're awful to do this. I'm putting it in a way that a they'll laugh and b they'll remember. Right, right. I mean, it was there were always they were always around growing up. They were in every mm -hmm. every house in the eighties. That every kid or or cousin or somebody had one at their house. Right, and now they have eight and a half by eleven rugs with them. I'm sorry, they're there, and then you put your cat on a Roomba. No, 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 not Are happening. You serious? I have seen that. Yes. Oh. And the cat happened to be a black cat, but somebody is being really, 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 really stupid. <laughs> yeah, that that's just mixing. Uh, that's mixing technology in the in the mix. That's never good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sorry. You. That's big. No, Auntie Corby says that's a big no. No, don't do this. So I took a I took a trip out to the Pacific Northwest uh, a couple of years ago, and I met I met a I met a gentleman, and he he told me a story about a pendulum, and he started using mm -hmm. a pendulum, um, mm -hmm. similar lines to Ouija board, or no? Yes or no? Pendulums are things that work. Remember, one of the reasons Ouija boards are really bad is because they've been used in toxic ways for so long, and they're very specific. Okay. Pendulums are simply a tool, like a paintbrush is a tool or a pencil. Okay. I don't use a pendulum myself because I have a very slight benign tremor in my right hand, which is my dominant hand. So I couldn't tell, is it me or is it the pendulum? Okay. okay. That's why I tell rookies, you're not going to use everything. When spirit hands you your draft notice and you put your hands on it, spirit goes inside rifling through what you got to figure out what your specialties are going to be. Me? theater major at Brown University. I acted in New York. I understand character arcs. Words are my drug of choice. I'm a writer. I can tell the stories that cards tell. And I have loved history since I was a small child. So I can do past life retrieval. Now, retrieval is not regression. Regression is where somebody hypnotizes you. Retrieval is where you tell me, why am I weirded out by wet hair in my face? I go right down, go to the Akashic and say, here's the story. Okay. Okay. So that would be uh, a great way to talk about um, reincarnation in a second. Mm -hmm. But the pendulum story kind of really got me interested in it because he took a journey mm -hmm. and listened to the pendulum the whole way, um, looking cool. for a piece of property. And the story that he told revolving around it absolutely blew my mind. And I couldn't repeat it. It was three mm -hmm. or four years ago. But That's another it, thing it, called dowsing. Dowsing is not just uh, water witching. Okay. It's any energy. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. That uh, I just wanted to to touch on that real quick before uh, mm -hmm. before the reincarnation. But all right. So you what did you say it was rec recollection? Oh, I'm sorry. Past life. Okay. Past life regression. Regression is where a certified hypnotherapist hypnotizes you and sends you up to the akashic where you can see a past life, okay? okay? But the reason you never do that with anyone who is not a certified professional is you may relive your own grisly death or a very traumatic experience. The certified hypnotherapist knows how to pull you back just enough that you can observe, but you don't relive it. But okay. some people don't wanna do that. So they come to me and I do past life retrieval. Couple of examples. A woman comes to me and says, 
my son's 29. I don't know what to do about him. He will not make any decisions without checking me with me first. He won't live more than a mile from me. This is too weird. What's going on? Drop into trance and say, okay, it's 1944, Utah Beach. So this is D-Day. I see your son. He is on the beach. He's bleeding out from bad shrapnel in the leg. You are his commanding officer. You are pulling him over a dune to protect him. Uh, you take some shrapnel yourself, but you both got out of there and you both live. And I open my eyes and she looks at me. She's kind of pale. She says, can you see my rank? I said, yeah, you are a sergeant. She goes, he's called me Sarge since he was three years old. And we've never known why that came from. Hmm. Number two, woman in the Midwest, no connection with the Civil War whatsoever, but was always fascinated by it. And so I say, okay, I'm getting a vision. Um, it's a whitewashed room with a very low ceiling. And I see two tall gentlemen, one in a military uniform, one in civilians. And they're kind of standing there with their heads bent over because they're so tall. You are kneeling by the bed. Uh, the dress, it's dark gray with black sutash. It looks like 1862 or three. In the bed is a very wizened old black woman and she's dying. And all of you are grieving because you pulled her from a Mississippi plantation and she's almost to the end of the Underground Railroad, but she's going to die. She's not going to make it. I open my eyes. This woman is sobbing. And she says, I have had that exact dream for 20 years. Exactly. There you go. You know, so, and again, that's not me. That's their guide saying, yo, tell them this. Right, right. So this is just one piece of that. Mm -hmm history mm -hmm. that goes yep. on infinitely it can i don't i don't I mean, know I we're mean, not like, bright enough to get it done in one guys we have right. little pea brains <laughs> right. you know people say why can't i learn it in just a couple of lives and i say that's like putting an ant in a calculus class not only does he not even know arithmetic yet but he can't hold the pencil in his little paw not gonna work and the thing is, karma is not bad and good. Karma is what we decide to work on. Uh, and what I did with Robert Schwartz in his book series, it's usually five things. Healing, service, contrast, unbalanced energy, or healing of beliefs. And a great way of understanding why it isn't good and bad karma is to look at Ryan White. If you remember, Ryan White was the kid in the late 80s who got AIDS from a blood transfusion, but we didn't know anything about it then. So everybody thought he's a horrible kid. He's pariah. His family was shunned. It was awful. But somehow Elton John heard about this kid and became friends with the family, very dear friends. When Ryan died, Elton played at his funeral. Yep. Because of Ryan, he went and got clear of booze, drugs, and everything else he was addicted to and started the Elton John AIDS Foundation, which has now raised half a billion dollars for HIV and AIDS research worldwide. Now, old line thinking was, Ryan must have been terrible. Look at that bad karma. What we understand now is his higher self, his soul, looked at the possibilities of the incarnation and said, short life, rough life, but look at what can result from it. So Ryan's karma was that of service. He was not a bad soul. He was a courageous soul. See that difference? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, how does that, and it's all up in the air going forward. I mean, he, mm -hmm. he, he lived this carnation in service and it's no telling what's next. That's right. Remember, we are 
apart that our soul plays. Brian, Corby, we're one and done. And when people don't understand that, sorry, old lady has the hot flash fan on. Um, I use the example, Matt Smith. Matt Smith was the 11th doctor on Doctor Who. He was my doctor. But when he was done with a bow tie and the two short pants, he hung them up. And then for the first two seasons of The Crown, he played Prince Philip to somebody's Queen Elizabeth. And when he was done with that, he hung up the prince outfit. And now he's some whack job on House of the Dragon. Matt Smith is like your higher self, your soul. The doctor, the prince, and the whack job are all incarnations. Very different from each other. They don't know each other. But they're all brought to life by the higher self. Is that somebody that you can get in touch with on your own? Matt Smith? Oh, God, I wish. Um, or you mean um, our higher <laughs> <Yeah>. self? No. <laughs> You know, you know, it's a toss-up. Matt Smith or Anson Mountain Star Trek, baby. Either one. I am right there. I mean, um, <laughs> the higher self. Yes. Yes, you can. Okay. Um, it's one of the things that I did for Robert Schwartz is for some reason, and I have no idea why, I'm able to channel people's higher self, their soul, for them to talk to if they can't do it themselves. And a lot of people can't because they can't get their head around the fact that the higher self is really them but separate. It's like finger, hand. Okay. The hand knows the finger is there, but the finger may just be out there going, you know. So yes, we can talk to our higher selves. We absolutely can. Because it, it yeah. loves us. We can't get it wrong. It sent us down here to do stuff. Right. To learn. So I explore a lot of different things. Like I was telling you before the show, like this is just a topic that I've never dove into. There's a lot of parallels to a lot of different theories out there that kind of run in line to what you just talked about, what you just mm -hmm. explained. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I'm cool with that. That works. <laughs> good. I mean, that's a good or bad <laughs> <laughs> it, it it clicks it definitely clicks and the explanation and the explanation is perfect um and and there isn't you always hear do good and and the next life will be better um but not necessarily better how better mm -hmm. in what way um what no. is better was ryan smith better or worse than the per, the, the carnation before that ryan who knows i mean <laughs> from what i you will get resonances from what I understand about my own past life immediately before this one. Um, I was an Italian American in Chicago and I messed around with my husband's best friend, got pregnant. Kid was stillborn. I was very upset about it. You know, I mean, what did I know? I was 30. Um, and this was a Catholic hospital in Chicago. So I confessed it to the nuns and then I got sepsis which is a horrible way to die. But the nuns all decided, well, God has taken the stillborn child to his bosom. So this is his judgment on her. And they let me die in filth and agony because they thought they were doing God's will. Well, I came in this time and I knew when I was 13, before any, any of this was really happening, that I was born without the mommy gene. And mm -hmm. that if I had a kid, I'd die. That was the message. Didn't get it from my parents. Didn't get it from anybody around me. But I'm 68 now and I have never had kids and I have no regrets. None. So that's an example of unbalanced energy that got rebalanced this time. 
I got a chance to re-raise myself from a dysfunctional childhood, which heals bringing in a child, even a stillborn, that shouldn't have been here. See how that works? And I'm not judged on either side. This is, it's like, you don't judge Matt Smith for the nasty things he's doing as the whack job or say he's the most wonderful person because as the doctor, he was good to Amy and Rory. They're just roles we play. Um, Pete asked earlier what your best psychic joke is. How many people are talking about that small, medium is large? Um, you know, small, medium, at large, or there was another one. Um, a, a woman brings a dress over here. I think this one will fit you. Uh, you look like you would be a large. And the psychic says, absolutely not. That's not my size. I'm a medium. How do you know? I'm a medium. So, you know, uh, rim shot jokes, dumb stuff. Dumb stuff. <laughs> it's the perfect stuff it's the it's the it's the dad joke before there were dad jokes yes indeed i we used to call them puns but that's well yeah i think i think that i think most people did (laughs) and then and then they they got turned into dad jokes because people didn't like puns they were too upset with nuns or something i don't know but yeah i I, yeah but they're they're just as bad whatever the name is i get it (laughs) um so you mentioned you mentioned a couple of books. Do you want to talk about your books and and, yeah, uh, sure. and how they can help? Uh, you said you can help people looking to get psychic, find a psychic. Tell tell me about right here. Okay, the psychic yellow brick road. The tagline is "Good psychic guidance is art. Don't settle for a forgery." I make sure in this book that you learn what you can do to have a great psychic reading the ones to look out for, when to run, um, what we can't do, questions that are not going to help you, um, pay fair to play fair. Um, People sometimes will say any number of things at a psychic fair, and Pete, you'll understand this kind of thing. They'll come up and say, well, you're not reading right now, so why don't you read me for half price? At least you'll make some money. Or can me and my friend come in and have a reading? We only pay for one of us. Or um, look, give me a free reading and I'll tell everybody you're good if you're good. Or I really want a reading, but I can't afford it. And they stare at you waiting for you to knuckle under. Or my favorite, what do you mean you won't read me for free? You're not very spiritual. It's a God-given gift. And then I flip it on them. Okay, you say to the hairstylist, well, you're not cutting anybody right now. Why don't you do me for half price? Or you say to the plumber, I know you're here to do my dishwasher, but would you please fix the shower and only charge me for one call? Or call a restaurant. Hi, send over a bunch of wings and beer. And if you're good, I'll tell everybody you're good. And you'll have a lot of people come through the door. Or you walk into a dress shop. I really want that dress for my prom. And you stare. Or my favorite, you say to the doctor, what do you mean you won't cure me for free? You're horrible. You just want me to die, don't you? And they all say, that's ridiculous. And I say, it's the same thing. It is. It is. It, it, you know, when you're saying it it, 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 unfortunately, it makes me sound like people that talk to sex workers, like that's mm-hmm. the same vibe it gives off. Well, that's I mean, you're very not, often you're not working right now. Come on. But, you know, let's take a look. When I was doing four day shows in Kitchener, Ontario, when I adored those shows, they were run by Stan Mallow and Ray Fauché, who were two of the best promoters in the business. 
Well, first I leave on a Thursday and get up there so that I can load in on Friday. I read Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, then drive across the border, stay in a hotel Monday night and get home Tuesday. So that's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That's five nights in a hotel. That's a thousand miles on the car. It's $800 minimum for the show fee just to be in a booth. There is food, there is gas and tolls, and there's paying my front person. And you want me to do it for free? So not happening. It is my business. I pay a bunch of taxes to Uncle Sugar every year and have. I have business expenses like anybody else. But that is why, for the rookies, I wrote this. You've got the magic who needs a genie. The idea is you've got to learn how to treat this as a business or you're going to flame out. And in here, I also have some sections that I called Corby Gets Candid. And these are things that you're never going to understand if you haven't done shows. There was one particular session where I read for a young man and he obviously did not like what I tell him. But you see, he signed in on my sign-in sheet, which I tell all my people you really need to have. And a sign-in sheet is very simple. It looks like this, okay? And I always have my people handwrite it unless they're handicapped and they can't. Because the next day I found a death threat on my table, anonymous. But I was able to match up the handwriting on the death threat with the handwriting on my sign-in sheet and turn it over to the provincial police. This is not kumbaya, kids. This is where a lot of people think where the devils work. I've had rotten vegetables thrown at me. I've been threatened, but I still do the work I do because I know it's good and I know it's honest. But you have to realize you are going to come up against these things. Don't be shocked, but know how to handle them. So when you say rookie and you were you were kind of just blindsided and you just kind of knew it, is that how it happens? Or is when I say rookies, when I say rookies, I'm talking about people who have decided they really do want to do this business. They want okay. to be a professional intuitive. And so they come in and they're doing their first show and they're wide eyed. And I take them over and I say, welcome aboard. And I let them go through my booth and ask questions. And why do you do this? And what about that? And, you know, I hand them all of my peripherals. And I say, you know, you can't copy the words, but look at these ideas in this design and see if it helps you. Again, because they're not me. They'll right. never be me. They are no threat. And there's room for all of us. For sure. For sure. It, it, I mean, by how busy you sound when you're at, uh, at a conference like that, it, it doesn't seem like there's going to be too much of a... No. Too much no, the, the four-day shows in Kitchener, uh, in four days, I would read 70 people and do two lectures. Every what? night, they would put me in a body bag and wheel me into the B&B, &B, but <laughs> good meal and good sleep, and I was ready to go. Um, I don't need specifics, but what, what kind of range is somebody looking at if they're, if they're looking to get a reading um, where, you know, is there just outlandish numbers that they should just be like, no both low and high and avoid, or is it, you know, how, how do you well, determine that? It really depends on how long they've been reading. Are they certified? I mean, I am a certified tarot master, the top of the game. I've been reading since Moses was in diverse. 
So you're going to pay more for me than you would pay for little dancing raccoon over here who's been reading for a year and a half. Right. But if you go onto my website, you'll see that I have literally two dozen different kinds of readings and prices because I want you to spend as little as possible, not as much. If you've got a quick question for me that I can do in a five minute three card throwdown, boom, 25 bucks done. It's called a burning question. My general readings, which involve cards and numerology and talking to dead people and past lives, whatever you need to do, they'll run between 125 for a half an hour, 250 for an hour. But that is not as expensive as a lot of people I've seen out there. The most expensive thing I have is my soul plane reading, which is based on the work I did with Robert Schwartz, because you tell me what your life challenge is. You send me some homework that I give you. And then I read through it. I ask you any clarification questions. And then the day of our meeting, I'm in my chair at 630 in the morning and I'm in deep trance meditation, getting two to as many as 10 past lives in detail down before I talk to you for an hour at seven. That reading is 600 bucks because you bought my entire day. Right. But there I, are people who charge a lot more than I do. I can't think Pardon? that it isn't exhausting. It is. Uh, the next day is Wednesday, which is my only day off. And yeah, because at the end of a soul plane reading, I am a crispy critter. But I don't think those prices it has are changed outrageous. people's lives. Right. Some people I mean, do. I well, I mean, <laughs> that's have you have you walked in the face of this earth? <laughs> of course they do. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that for for what you could offer someone that that that's unreasonable at all and the time neither do i and I, I could raise my prices i try not to do it more than once every five years um but i want to make sure that it is within people's reach right. um i run specials you know um it's why i did my free reading hours for many years but um, i well, need a break from like that you're very giving it's not if it, 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 I get that vibe off of you, especially, and you were talking about the healing hands is something you don't, you don't charge mm -hmm. for that. That doesn't sound to me like someone that's trying to, to get rich off this by any means. And I think, I think no. charging for your time appropriately is, I mean, that, that sounded well in line when you said $25, I was like, I mean, okay, perfect. Yeah, Cause it takes me five minutes. I mean, right. I read so fast. You, you understand know, that. So, so can you do, I, I try can to you do the, the explanation of the raccoon again? Uh, one of my listeners came in late and he was curious that of there's the raccoon. raccoon. Yeah. <laughs> what raccoon? Wait a minute. You're, you're, I'm, you're what did I say about a raccoon? Your raccoon, your, your purple haired um, new person. Oh, little dancing raccoon. Oh, yes. Um, very often rookies will choose some kind of a, you know, uh, Tallulah Sparkle Plenty kind of name. And so the version that I use to just, you know, the the way, you know, Kilroy was here kind of thing is the, the little rookie and she's all in purple with fancy makeup and maybe, you know, elf ears or whatever. And she goes, hi, my name is Little Dancing Raccoon and here's my spirit guide, Arctic Bear. Let's see what your angels have to say. I'm sorry, I'm vomiting right now. I need an uh, insulin shot for that. But some I, people love that. So she has her place. But if that's the kind of Rudy you want, don't come to me. Because you will run crying or screaming. But, you know, I, look, I am literally what they used to call a charismatic. 
I walk into a room three feet before I walk into a room and you either love me or you hate me. And that is just the way it is. And I have no problem either way. So someone who needs somebody really sweet and gentle, like little dancing raccoon is not going to come to my booth. But someone who is really serious about stuff or they've heard about me from somebody else. Yeah, they're there. And that's fine because I don't make fun of my clients no matter what, because they're coming to me and they're lowering their emotional shields and saying, help me, help me figure things out. And that is an honor. That's why my chosen last name, Corby Midland, I call it my Elton John name. Corby is Gaelic for ravens because ravens are my baby birds. I've always loved them. And Mitleid is the German word for compassion to remind me why I do this work. Perfect. We need, uh, they said we need the, the raccoon, the Ricky, Ricky raccoon um, logo that will make little dancing mark. raccoon. Yeah. No, we'll, we'll make I up, do not. Uh, have, I've we'll got, make, I've got my logo, which I paid for. I'm not getting one for her. It's all right. <laughs> no, we'll make it for free and we'll make money off her. <laughs> Purple rocket razor from the guardians of the of the gulag. No, don't insult rocket. Um, Not if you so want to live we're, anyway. We're coming up on an hour. Um, I like to give the guest kind of free reign at the end to kind of leave with a message. And and before that, if there's if there's something you want to plug, I have the links for your books in the in the video notes and the audio notes um, and your website. And um, if you have anything else you want to kind of throw out there and then uh, the floor is yours and we'll wrap up. Okay. Basically you can't avoid me online. You're going to find me uh, at my website. You're going to find me on Facebook, Corby Mitleid fire through spirit. You're going to find me on Pinterest and Instagram and medium and YouTube. And if you want to actually work with me and learn stuff, you find me on Patreon. It's, it's that simple. Uh, The one thing that I will tell you all is, please, you can do what I do. I am not special. We are all wired like the same house plan. It's a matter, do you turn your circuit breaker on or off? It's on, locked, and rusted shut. If you think what I do is the devil's work, if you want to do what I do, let it flow. And all of you who think there's nothing to this, but you always know when the mother-in-law is going to call, there's a short in the system, honey. You think you're not getting anything, but you are. I love it. When you always know the mother-in-law is going to call. <laughs> I love it. Corby, I uh, I appreciate the conversation. This was fantastic. And um, it's piqued my interest for sure to start oh, to good. start looking in more. Um, yeah. I mean, you're, you're fantastic. You, you definitely tell it how it is and, and you are who you are and it's, it's great. And you're not, you're not trying to bullshit anybody. So I appreciate that for sure. Um, now, it's been great. It's been great. I suggest everybody check out your books, check out, uh, check out your website. And I appreciate you being here. I'm going to, I'm going to sign off here. And then uh, if you hang out for a second, I'll, I'll chat with you for a minute after. You bet. This is a lot of fun. I appreciate it. All right. I appreciate Corby coming on and, and having that chat. I, I really enjoyed it. I hope you did too. And I hope you look into her books, check out her website, find all her socials and, and give her a follow and uh, ask a question, send in a question and talk to her again. This is Ben Bryan with lots to talk about, and we will talk to you next week. <laughs> <laughs>